Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Comparison will always paralyze you. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. So glad you could be with us where we teach people to lead in every sphere of life. Hey, as we are approaching the new year, I want to do a couple messages on spiritual planning. And I'm going to use as a text Luke 16. And so I want to encourage you to read this passage of scripture. We're going to read it today, but I'm going to spend a little bit of time with it. First of all, I want to read Luke 16:10 because everybody knows this verse. Everybody quotes this verse. They may not know where it's at, but we're going to put this verse in context. And this has been a great principle in my life that has really, really helped me. Not just verse 10, but the whole context of everything we're going to read and go over starting today. Verse 10 says this, He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is righteous in a very little thing is righteous also in much. So Jesus just told a parable, and he made a conclusion. And the conclusion of that parable, or that story, is that if you would be faithful in a little thing, that that would be the seed to being faithful in much. And if you were righteous in a little thing, that would be the seed in being righteous in much. Kind of the first law of the Bible found in Genesis. Things reproduce after their own kind. Now let's study the whole story, and to do justice to it, we really need to read it. So I'm going to go to the beginning of the chapter, and I'm going to read the nine verses that precede this. And again, when you're not driving or at work or mowing the lawn or whatever you're doing while you're listening to this, please take the time and read this passage. Now he was saying to his disciples, there was a rich man, underline rich man, who had a manager, and the manager was reported to him as squandering his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an accounting of your management, for you can no longer be manager. The manager said to himself, What shall I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig. I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do so that when I am removed from the management, people will welcome me into their homes. And he summoned each one of his master's debtors, and he began saying to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said to him, Take your bill, sit down, write fifty quickly. Then he said to another, How much do you owe? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, Take your bill, write eighty. And the master praised the unrighteous manager because he had acted shrewdly for the sons of this age are more shrewd in relation to their own kind than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourself by means of the wealth of unrighteousness so that when it fails, they will receive you into eternal dwellings. There is so much here. But I'm going to teach you things I've learned about spiritual planning from this situation. 
Now, this man is identified several times as being unrighteous. Let's be very clear about that. He is not complimented for his actions, but he is complimented for his shrewd or strategic or planning thinking. And the statement is made here that that this man is more thoughtful or more shrewd in relation to his own kind than the sons of light. Well, one of the points Jesus is making, remember this is Jesus talking, is that people in the world know how to plan shrewdly better than people in the kingdom do in relation to their own kind. He told these people to mark their bill down. You know what's interesting? He didn't give everybody the same discount. One guy had 100, he said make it 80. One guy had 100, he said make it 50. So there was some relational leverage or something going on here where he told these guys to mark their bills down. Why did he do that? Because he had a plan that when he lost his job, that he would have favor with these people who he gave an unrighteous discount to, and he would know his next step. He would have a place to go. And so the Lord complimented his shrewd thinking, not his actions, not his immorality, not his unrighteousness, not his cheating and conniving and scheming, but the fact that the man actually thought ahead. This should scream to get our attentions. Are we thinking ahead? Obviously, the big picture is to get people to think ahead about eternity, because he says at the end of it that they'll receive you into eternal dwelling. So let's Let's not miss the, you know, the great spiritual application here that, you know, the object of life is to uh, affirm and uh, confirm your spiritual dwelling with the Lord. But I just want to go over some nuggets in this, and uh, I'm going to spend a couple weeks on this because really this has helped me to understand how to look at resources, how to look at righteous people, how to look at unrighteous people, and what does God expect out of us, and the simplicity of planning and how God wants to bless a plan, okay? So let's just start here at the very beginning. Now he was saying to the disciples, there was a rich man. There was a rich man, not a bad rich man, a rich man. Uh, Rich in the Bible is usually a very positive thing, not a negative thing. So one of the first things you're going to have to do when you think about planning is not compare yourself to somebody who's rich. Somebody who's rich in money, somebody who's rich in talent, somebody who's rich in education, somebody who's rich in time or other resources. So comparison will almost always paralyze you. So he said there was a rich man. Thank God for rich people. Okay, we ought to pray there are rich people around us because you know what? When they spend their money and they hire people and they do things, that is a healthy thing. Hopefully, you know, you'll have some generous rich people and not some tight rich people. Uh, But you know, that's between them and God. But the truth is, that economic prosperity does run downhill when that money is spent, and the Bible does not criticize people for being rich. It does criticize them for being 
selfish and being unfaithful and not being generous and not being compassionate, does not criticize people just for being rich. So it's important that you understand that you don't have to wait until you're rich. The truth is, if you're listening to me today, you're richer than you think because you have more resources than over 90% of the world does. Even if you're struggling right now just to make ends meet, you still have more resources. Uh, you, you know a language. You have friends. Uh, hopefully, you're part of a church. And so you have great relational and equity resources. Uh, let me just throw this in there. A lot of times people are awkward in relating. Like I, I did not come from a, a family of wealth to say the least. You know, we were raised in, in poverty is not too strong a word. And I really didn't know rich people. I knew of rich people. I met some rich people. But until I came into the kingdom and met some affluent people that were part of the body of Christ. And, uh, you know, I never had, it was funny, I never really had a hard time relating to those people. And I, I think the reason was, was I, I understood they were just like me, only they had a little bit more money. They had the same desires, the same goals, the same heart, the same challenges, and I just, I think I just made up my mind I was going to treat them like I would treat all my other friends. I wasn't going to make excuses for the house I lived in or the car I drove or the restaurant I ate at or anything else. I was going to enjoy it. I was going to, and I was going to share it with them. And, you know, actually, I'll even tell you this. One of the practices I have, and I, and I do have some friends that are affluent. Uh, you know, if I'm with them, that doesn't mean that every time I'm with them, they got to buy the meal or they got to buy the coffee. You know, sometimes I spring for it too, because I'm a, I'm a blessed person too. And, and I found out a lot of those people, they, they, they're not used to people even doing that. They're, they're used to people assuming that because they're a little more affluent or they have a little more resources that, you know, they should just be picking up the tab all the time. You know, that deeply offends me. You know, what really offends me. It really offends me in the church where we see somebody that's affluent and there's a need in the church and we just think, well, they should write the check. And, uh, you know, the truth is we should all write the check. We should all do something with what we have. And so I, I'm just kind of cherry picking this phrase out of here right now about dealing with riches. Uh, you will never be prosperous. You'll never be free in your soul if you're jealous of people and you compare yourself to people. You should rejoice that there are rich people around you. I heard of just, uh, just a friend of mine last week, I heard about a little business deal we did, and boy, he did so good. And I was like, wow, that was really great. You know, and I was tempted to think, man, I wish that would happen to me. And you know what? I Honestly, it just lasted for a second. And I was just so appreciative. It's a godly guy. He works hard, you know, and I was just so glad to really, really see him blessed. That's the attitude God wants us to have. You know, one of the reasons you had an unrighteous steward here was he assumed that this rich man accounted for his money different than a poor man accounted for his money, that a dollar was something different to him than it was to somebody else, and that he could be taken advantage of. You know, that is such a bad attitude. That's the attitude the government has towards people. They feel like, well, they have a little bit more resources, so we can just take more off of them. You know, that, that's a bad attitude to have, my friend. So let's, for step number one, okay, in planning, 
start asking yourself, well, where am I rich? Or where do I have a little more prosperity? Is it time? Is it education? Is it friendship? Is it, is it spiritual gifting? Is it experiences I have? Is it gifting I have? You know, what may be that? And don't compare yourself to somebody else because we're going to get into the nitty gritty. There are some golden gems in this passage that I want to share with you. Hey, this is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. Why don't you reach out and share this with somebody today and be a blessing to them. You will never be prosperous or free in your soul if you are jealous of people or compare yourself to people. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to equip believers to lead in every area and venue of life. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. To contact Keith or ask him a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.